Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. We've somehow gone from, I was probably the only person who knew that you went to Oral Roberts and only yeah. because we're friends and I know like your entire life story to right. now you can't stop telling people about it. You can't it's stop not, tweeting about it. You're wearing the shirt on Zoom calls. I mean, you want everybody. You, this is a major attention grab, Russ. No, 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 no. Let's nah. If we're gonna do this, we gotta do it right. I'm one. Of, I'm. I'm usually in all friend groups. Besides the people that I who are from friends with that went to ORU, and the only person that anybody knows that actually went to Oral Roberts, and That's so true. I didn't even know that they were good at basketball <laughs> until like. Until like four weeks ago. Okay. Does like, it feel good to be honest about that and admit that to the people? Oh, I admit it all the time. Like I'm, I, I am fully transparent when it comes to like, no, they were in the conference tournament in the summit league. And I knew they had the leading score in the nation, but it was just like, all right, they've been to the tournament before. I didn't think anything was different and they won their conference. And then they knock off the number two seed and they knock off Florida. And it's just like, Hey, that's pretty cool. It is a fun run for them, but it reminds me, you remind me a little bit of the Northwestern fans and that they're nah, only, man, they only that. bring up how much they like Northwestern because they want you to know that they went to Northwestern. Listen, I, I have a love hate relationship with Oral Roberts University. Don't, don't get it twisted. And, and we could get into that a little bit later when we talk about this, this run for them, but no, it's, it's, I'm kind of just happy for like, it's cool. Like this, when I was covering the, ORU men's basketball team when I was there for the student newspaper, they weren't good. Like they weren't not only making the tournament, they were right. not making the NIT and they weren't making the CBI. And I know people out there are like, what's the CBI? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the point. It's the NIT for the NIT. I'm it not is. Sure. I'd heard of Oral Roberts, but I'm not sure if I would have known where it was if not for being friends uh, with you. I know, I know who the person was, uh, Oral Roberts specifically. Uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't know they had a basketball team. Like the funniest, <laughs> the funniest tweet I seen about it was from Russ, where he was like, "Y'all let a school with a curfew beat y'all." That was uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not hilarious. bad. Not bad. Um, they did, they did. Like, yes, a curfew, honor code. Like, oh wait, I, wait, so so is it like BYU then? Let's get into that kinda, in a second. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of like that. We'll get into it. We'll I'm glad we are glad to have you guys listening in to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russ Dorsey. You'll also hear our producer, Tony Gill, chiming in. We're just getting into Russ uh, telling with a megaphone everybody he can <laughs> that he went to ORU <laughs> on, and that man. he somehow is associated oh. with this Cinderella run that's sweeping the country. We will get back into that in a minute, but Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Obvious Shirts. We're really glad to have them as a sponsor. They've got all kinds of stuff up now. If you're getting ready to gear up for baseball season, they've got Cubs, White Sox stuff. They have a good shirt, Russ. If you've seen this commercial, probably for the last few months, they have one uh, for the Scoop There It Is commercial. Yes. Um, they have masks, which you're still going to need for a while, everybody. And uh, I th one of their shirts I really like is a bull shirt that says, play like Jordan, party like Rodman. It's a solid shirt. And you can get that shirt at a discount by using promo code adjacent 10, 10% off your order. They got a lot of great stuff over there for you. Take care of uh, our fine folks that help us keep the lights on here at Sports Adjacent. You got to spell that word right, though, adjacent. Yeah. You got you to get adjacent 10. You have to spell that promo code correctly yeah. or else you'll get no percent off. Yeah, the 0% off. Right, that's not going to help you much. We don't yeah. want the – oh, fun fact. 
I I won the fifth grade spelling bee at Cornerstone Christian School by spelling the word adjacent. How cool is that? Mm. What part of that is fun? I because uh, first first all right, man. First, relax. Second of all, <laughs> to win a spelling bee as a kid, like that's oh, I am glad you won a spelling bee. That's impressive. Like that's pretty cool. Like my mom was there. But she had to go because, you know, she had to work. I was hoping like, oh, I won. Like, I get to go home early. It, was, it wasn't like that. But no, it, I spelled the word adjacent. Like, it was a cool feeling. Okay. Good job. I'm glad that you won that. That's good. <laughs> good job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Russ is still coming to us from Arizona where he is covering Cubs spring training in this just am. endless road trip. This long slog of weeks. I, it, it has been like a pretty – significant amount of time like it does feel like i have i don't i haven't been in at home in forever it's been 10 percent of your adult life i believe russ is like doing this from his hotel room and a, across the street there's some kind of fire so if yeah. you're hearing sirens that's what's going on there's like five fire trucks out here and then they connected like the fire trucks together and I say I call it a Megatron of fire truck, but Tony, what what did you say it was? A, a Voltron, Voltron, a fire, yeah. a fire truck. Get, get your uh, get your animes and cartoons correct, man. Who's Voltron? What's that from? I got a job, Tony. It's from Voltron. It's the show where. Oh, that's the name of the show. Yeah, you got these space oh, okay. five space rangers. It's a a green one, a black one. But that's the Power Rangers, I think. No, it's it's similar. This came before this pre okay. the the Power Rangers. Um, yeah, they and then they come together in space to make Voltron. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe, a mighty robot. You, nah, Tony, you, I, I'm not the one. I'm sorry. I don't know what he's talking about. Russ, what, <laughs> I want to, I want to be, I want to connect with you, but I can't because I, Russ, I don't. Why do you hate your, why do you love and hate your alma mater? All right. So it's like this. I'm really like, I think it's awesome that the Oregon men's basketball team is in the Sweet 16. Like, that's awesome. First time since the 70s. And I think for, it, I think it's just cool. Like, those, they rebuilt this program. Like my last story I wrote in college was them hiring Paul Mills, who's their coach right now to be the head coach after Scott Sutton left. And I didn't know who Paul Mills was. I, I knew he was an assistant at Baylor. I knew he was a, supposed to be this highly regarded assistant coach had chances to go other places and, or you got him. So I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe, maybe he does something. Maybe he doesn't, but it didn't feel like he was just some, run-of-the-mill, no pun intended, coach. And, you know, you look up four years later and he's built this team on, you know, really talented players. Max Asimus is the best scorer in the nation and has risen to superstardom in the tournament. And Kevin O'Banner and these guys who are really talented players. And it's dope. And it, I think for me as a student, I didn't get to see that. One, I was a student reporter, so I didn't really – cheer for ORU sports like yeah, it's that. not the same experience you know what I'm saying and so it's nice to like be able to root for them you know and but at the same time I I know a lot of people in ORU athletics and rock with a lot of those people still and people with the baseball program rock with a lot of those people still but the school I don't rock with and there's okay. a lot of and it's not and it's like there's a lot of things that I don't agree with that the school does um treatment of people some of the the rules and regulations that they still have that feel super outdated i don't agree with that and there were things that and stories i have from going there where it's like you know what i'm good on this and for that reason that's why i have a love and hate relationship with the school where i am super happy with what they're doing uh though that program didn't do anything like to me like if it wasn't for RSU athletics, I wouldn't have like my career right now. So I'm happy for them. The school though, I could give two shits about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to But it, and it's, and it's not just me. Like a lot of my friends feel that way too. Like 
we love that we met each other at ORU. That's dope. And we, you know, are really enjoying the fact that they're having this awesome Cinderella run, but we don't really, you know, rock with a lot of the, uh, the other things that, that come along with being a student at ORU. So that's why I have this relationship with it. Everybody loves the place where they went to school the town or the, even the campus itself, they, they love that place, but they don't always love the school that they went to. Right. It, it's like that. And I, 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 I think it's even more, more so for other people like where if you went to Michigan state, it's like, Oh, I went to Michigan state or I went to Michigan. I went to U of I, like all these different places where you can have this pride for going to the school. I don't have that. And like, I never had this, Oh man, I go to ORU or I went to ORU. Like, I wore the shirt on a zoom because nah, it was cool. Like they knocked off two teams that they weren't supposed to beat, And I have a fun wager with a friend of mine who went to Arkansas, who they play on Saturday. And so that stuff's cool, but it's just like, yeah, I, I don't have this, uh, this tie to the school or my alma mater, like a lot of people do. So that explains why you'll see me enjoying this run. But also, I'm going to keep it a buck about how they're giving it up over there. I have one really important question for you about this before we move on, unless you have okay. more to say about this. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Tony, we might need the Ask a Young Person music for this. Do you have it? No, I'm sorry. I was not prepared. Okay. Great great producing, as always. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got to put that in the post. Okay. All right. Okay. So <laughs> they played Florida, Russ. Okay. We're going to do ask a young person without all the expensive imaging that we're paying Tony to do. Right. We pay Tony all that money for what the, <laughs> okay. oh, they played Tony just over there counting cash dancing. Right. They, they played Florida and beat Florida. All right. Well, one of the Florida players, I noticed this tattoo that he has Trey man. He has on his right shoulder, a 100 emoji tattoo. Did you see this? It's yes. bright red. First off, I'm not sure bright red is ever a good color for a tattoo because it immediately looks like blood to me. But my question for you is, is that a good tattoo? Uh, I think it's subjective, but I wouldn't get it. But that's just like, it's not, we. I've seen weirder tattoos, but I personally would not get that as a tattoo. Tony? Um, I don't have a tattoo, so I don't have a feeling either way. Um. I guess it's cool. I mean, if, if you like it, I love it. All right. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> nah, nah, to. That's hate. I'm that's hate. That's hate. <laughs> nah, if you hear folks say, I, if you like it, I love it. That's, <laughs> that's big well, hate. I mean, half the experience of getting a tattoo is regretting it later, I think. But that one looks particularly like one. He, he might not be so good. I mean, we might not be using emojis forever. But people always know. Like people from our, this this last couple generations will know. Oh, I know what he was getting at back then. Just that he keeps it one hundred. Yeah. Yes, Jason. Okay. Well, all right. Well, message received then. <laughs> that he keeps it one. You know that's and that's why I call you seventy five years old. Like you have your little mug that you're drinking tea out of, not even coffee, tea. And if it was coffee, it'd be decaf coffee at this hour, Russ. We're recording okay. this at nine thirty at night. And uh, I'm surprised I'm awake right now. See, and that's why you rent music and movies from the library. And speaking of, so our young friend, Tony Gill, made his first trip to the library. Like you guys documented it. I saw the footage. Tell me, Tony Gill, what that experience was like for you to step foot into a library. Well, Russ Dorsey, um, as you know, my 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 famous proclamation about libraries went completely viral over the weekend. Um, a lot of engagement, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of inputs into uh, the library. Something that I didn't see before. I you know I didn't not saying anything, but you know I I didn't see a lot of tweets and messages about oh man I'm going to the library. Oh man, you going to the library? <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nobody. We have we have on before. Twitter right now. We've got two thirds of our show. We've got Russ clamoring for attention for having gone to ORU, and we've oh got gosh. Tony. We've got Tony clamoring for attention for his willful ignorance and his refusal to ever go to a library. There's way more clamoring so for Tony from Tony. Proud day that. for you too. Hey, I'm just saying, nobody was talking about libraries until I started talking about libraries. So, hey, I'm just putting it out there. 
So Russ, we, Russ, it was not good. It was not good. Yeah, it, this, um, didn't, this was not a life changing or opinion changing event for Tony. Yeah. I want to hear why it was it from Tony and then we'll get to you. Yeah. Um, what I found out and what I told Jason once we left, the biggest thing that I learned going to the library was this is an excellent place for naps. Like instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of like when I was you're hearing out, this, right? You know, I'm hearing it. <laughs> when when I was grinding it out in my earlier career, you know, trying to I, I, I would sleep wherever I could, basically. Right. You know, just to pick up naps. Um, yeah, libraries are really dope to take naps. I mean, there's a lot of space in there. It's quiet. Like I could have, I was in a safe space, you know, like I, I didn't feel like I was gonna get robbed or anything. So that was like, that realization like made me mad a little bit, but I got over it after a while. So yeah, all, all the stuff there, like we looked at a map or something. We, we pulled out a map of Florida and we, and we watched that or looked at that. But the but the map was in what from 1995 or something, so none of that stuff existed anymore anymore anyway. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they hired a lot of black people, so that was cool. <laughs> we were getting desperate Tony, on the wait tour. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So there, there are a couple things, Tony. Like one, I'm glad that they are hiring black people at the library. That that makes me happy. Two, I think you you missed entirely the the attraction and draw for libraries which which are books like you jumped to a whole bunch of stuff and book never came out your mouth well he no he no no russ he got excited about one area where he found comic books but yeah. then he immediately complained that these comic books were too old yeah yeah that's the only thing i might as well just go to the comic book store and get get the new ones um i did i did get excited about the one section it was like uh it was like a cross between sports all on one side and sex on the on the other side so that section <laughs> seemed very interesting like why why was that placed together what what cool i like, just you know. i just left them there and came back like a half hour later uh you know there's i'm not gonna do it no nope, we're not gonna do that um so so tony you were getting your thrills in the sex slash sports section while jason you did what i just was wandering around i the, this tour went off the rails pretty quickly russ where you're trying to you're trying to show him all the good things about the library that everybody knows, even my children know. And Tony is just not impressed. He's on his phone. I, I did think this, this was my fault going to the map area because I thought, you know, we're getting desperate here. We got to get his attention. It says there's a map room on the fifth floor. I'm like, who doesn't love maps? Maps are awesome. Everybody likes maps. And, uh, you know, where uh, how, you can't get maps like this on your phone. Um and uh, we went to find maps and we couldn't find things we were looking for because these maps were from 1994, which was a little bit of a problem. Um, so a couple things. 1994 is the year I was born. Um, two. And also the year those maps were born. So uh, why of all the places in the library, uh, why the map section? Exactly? Russ, I tried everything by that point. I, we went through the music section. We went through the science section. We went through great literary works, reference books. I mean, you could go into the library and come out like come out as a lawyer slash doctor slash cartographer if you wanted to. And none of that impressed Tony whatsoever. And finally, we're just we're, I just as a last gasp, I was like, let's look at the maps. Let's go to the map room. I mean, a map room sounds cool. So, it so how it, it did not pan out. No, it, it doesn't. Um, uh, how, how long was the total experience at the library for, for young Mr. Tony Gill? Oh, I won't be there, Jason. What? 20 minutes, 25 minutes? <laughs> Y'all didn't, we didn't give it, a, y'all didn't give it an hour. We were there for at oh, least an hour and a half. Nobody we stays were there in the library for at least for an, hour. an hour and a half. Tony, hour and a half, right. two hours, Russ, is the answer. So, so the, I'm assuming the truth is somewhere in the middle. So let's say 45 minutes you guys spent. Why is the what are you talking about? The truth is somewhere in the well, middle. Tony, Tony saying they was y'all was in there for 20 I, minutes. You saying Tony an hour has and a half. no credibility. Tony has no credibility we on a, this. No entire way we thing. were in there for an no, hour. We, we were in there for an hour and a half to two hours. No, there's no, no splitting in the middle between what I say and what Tony Gill says. <laughs> I'm gonna say 45 minutes. So in that 45 minutes, I've heard Tony say the only thing that he enjoyed was the sports sex section where he was getting his thrills off while you walked around aimlessly in the library. But is that is that all, Tony? Is that all you got from, from this trip other than this is where um, Jason Leisure spends his time? 
uh, also, I, uh, I recognize that another reason why I won't be frequenting the library, um, where the single ladies at, man? Like, come on, you guys are trying oh, this to didn't interest- come up the other day. I didn't know that's why you were there. I mean, I was even. I'm like, all right. Well, you need a college. If, yeah, that's this what is, college this library is, the, is. If this is the spot, right? It's got to be some 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 women here, right? No, no. So no. Tony, no. so just infinite point. knowledge and education. That's all. All right, Tony. This is where we make our money here because now we're getting somewhere. So Tony was. You should have been. You should have gone to the library with me and not Jason, who's hasn't been on a date in how long, Jason? Oh man, 20 years, 15 years. I don't know. I've been See, married for a come long time. On, Tony. I, I didn't come on, Tony. I didn't realize I this is the first time hearing of it, Russ, that I was expected to be some kind of wingman for him. I mean, if it came down at to the it, library. Yeah, I, at the library. You you have a uh, wonderful union with your lovely wife Ashley, but yeah, yeah Tony should have called that. Tony should have called me for this one. Like we could have been Oh, you should have called it anybody else. If I, I, yeah, I, I, and also Russ, I'd love to see you get that call of, oh hey Russ, it's Tony. Um, can you come to the library and be my wingman? Nah, it wouldn't go. Tony, Tony would say he shoot me a text, be like, yo, we at the library, yeah, and it wouldn't. Ha- we don't have to say nothing else. Like we be on the same wavelength. Like, there was a zero percent chance you would have gone along with that. At nobody the library. Nobody texts that. Hey, we down at the live. Like nobody texts that. <laughs> Listen, bro. I'm Tony. I'm trying to shoot you bail here because oh no, the, no the, don't the help fact, out. No, the fact that he that's an untenable position. That's that he the has only. That's the only reason. The only reason he wanted to go to the library was to pick up women. Well, you're smart. Women. Well, that's I, your premise is off because he did not want to go to the library. He thought I was kidding. Yeah. We, and me and Tony you, went out for breakfast, and I said we're going to the library afterward. And I think he was sure I was joking. I'm all right. I think this was a failure on uh, your part, Mr. Leisure, for not doing a better job introducing him to the library. And Tony, you got to come in with a better mindset than I'm just going to pick up shorties at the at the library. You got to come willing. You got to want to learn something. That's what YouTube's for. That's what Google's for. That's what audiobooks are for. I don't need to physically leave my house, go to another building to do the same exact stuff I can do on my computer. Uh, Russ, do you want to know his other big takeaway from this other than, hey, the library would have been a great place to sleep during the day? Yes, please. He On our way out, he said that even if he liked the library, he would never look into any of these things because getting all this information would make his takes less interesting. It's the, it's the uninformed aspect of his takes. It's the lack of knowledge that makes him so interesting. So he likes the idea of the ignorance factor again, yeah. willfully ignorant. Yeah. yeah, that makes his take so spicy, and therefore he doesn't want to learn. It's just right now. I mean, I know this is not a visual medium. I know this is a podcast, but if you guys could see him, he's just sitting back so proudly. He's so pleased with himself about his allergy to knowledge. Yeah, Tony, like he's made it this far. Like, he, I, I, first of all, in Tony's defense, he's he's gotten pretty far in life being Tony Gill. So I, I'll give him, I'm gonna give him yes, credit for that. And he's gotten yes, pretty has. far in life, yeah. not going to the library, not reading books, and getting hot takes off. Like that's what that's, that's what people know him for. See, I think here here's where the disconnect is between us and everybody that was getting at me on Twitter about it. Why are we associating? intelligence and and reading in books to the library directly like that's the only source where you can receive knowledge and and information like that's not true like stop doing that we shouldn't do that because that's not that's not factual like i can gain knowledge and information and increase my intelligence outside of the library like why are you doing this why why are you mispronouncing the word intelligence what are you doing intelligence I Why? think I think part of the reason, Tony, is I don't think they were upset that you didn't go there to receive knowledge. I think they were upset that the fact that you had never in 27 years of life stepped foot into a library. Yeah. 28 years of life stepped foot into a library. Yeah, God's good. God is good, man. <laughs> all the time and all the time. God is good. <laughs> Listen. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad so disappointed. Heard. I mean, this is one of my closest friends. I'm so disappointed. Uh, if, if of that, of all things that Tony does, you're disappointed in that he it's, on, it's, on the li- it's on the list, Russ. It's on the list. <laughs> I'm just happy that Tony was able to check off something that he had never done before. So, like, what's next on the list, Tony, of things you've never done before? Because I'm really that's, interested in that list. That's a very good question. Yeah. What else have you never done? That's uh, like an that ordinary can, that, thing. That you can share on the podcast, of course. I won't want you to put, put my mans out there. Um, I've never gone west of St. Louis. Wow. Now we got to get can you on a flight. Feel free to speak into the microphone there, audio uh, professional guys, Tony Gill. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I've never went, been west of St. Louis. Um, never had sushi. Probably wouldn't. Probably will never do it. Um... That's probably that's probably the big two right there. Yeah. That I can think of right now. All right. So Tony, you can get a flight to LA for like if you book in, in advance, you can get one for like $79, 80 bucks on Southwest. So we can well, get they'll you, pay out you now. They'll pay you to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, during Rona, it's not really the I mean, I gotta wait till I get vaccinated before I, you know. But no, stuff. but for it's sure, but like list. Yeah, okay, list. we gotta we gotta get you to Denver, we gotta get you to LA. Phoenix, like there's a lot to be seen in this US of A. Um, the sushi thing that that's not something that I always loved. Like I had to get into that. But once you like find the right one for you, you'll you'll enjoy doing it. I promise. I was just like you, Tony. I Tony, I promise I was just like you. And then I that's got to call it's not for everybody, man. It's not for everybody. I, I no, no, no. I'm just I saying, love sushi like, and I know it's not for everybody. I was a raw sushi guy. I got to college and then found the right role for me. But I, I get you. It takes a while to get into that. No. Jason, what's on your what's on your list of things you've never done? I have uh, never taken Tony willingly to the library, I guess. <laughs> Check that uh, one off. I've I've never smoked a cigarette ever. Ah, me too. Never, never wanted to, never tried it, never never once. Nothing right. about it appeals to me. You smell bad. It's horrible for you. Shout out to all our uh, our smoker listeners. We appreciate your listen. Thank you. Yeah, we. Yeah, I, I don't want to knock off the smoker demo because you guys, <laughs> Jason, don't want to smoke. Like, I don't want to do that. It's good of you guys leaving the door open in case we get Marlboro as a sponsor. Hey, listen, we got it. Come on, man. See, that's why. That's why. <laughs> Jason, where the money resides. Come on, man. Exactly. That's why I'm. Uh, our, our accounting department because Jason was going to knock off all. No, nah, we don't need any of these sponsors. Why? I've never we'll do it without them. We'll do it yeah. without them. It's just us and obvious shirts. Us and end. obvious shirts. No, nah, listen, I, I we love Joe. We love obvious shirts. So we appreciate them, but we can't be knocking off sponsors. Like we just got our first one last week. So let's, let's keep this thing rolling. You know, what's funny. You know, what's funny about that, that, that one shirt though, the uh, play like Jordan party, like Rodman. Yeah, why do you like? You can that? also put "Play Like Jordan, Party Like Jordan." Now that we know, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan got into for sure. Like, have and, you guys and watched? Never, and the funny thing is, never directly like the Tiger Woods documentary. Right. Like, it's never direct stories of Jordan. It's like if Tiger was doing all this stuff, and he was, you have to play like by association. But you'll never get the direct story about what Jordan was doing at his party, right? Right, because in the Tiger doc, which was a great doc, by the way, it's like, no, nah, Tiger was out with Michael Jordan one night, and, and that's what things hit the fan. It's like, of course he was. Of course he was out. Michael with showed Tiger how to do what Tiger was doing. He was like, He's hey, like guys, I don't know how to talk to women. Go tell that's, me Tiger Woods. That was hilarious, by the way. Like, Tiger's just chilling in the cut, billionaire golfer, sitting by himself, lonely as a mother in, in the club. And Mike's like, bro, if you don't get 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 some of these women on you in here, I don't know how to talk to women. Tell them, hey, I'm Tiger Woods, and they'll come flocking over. And you know, it, Michael's right. <laughs> Mike was right. Like they, it's a lot of flocking, um, and it didn't work out for Tiger. But uh, yeah, it's Michael Jordan is. You could definitely party like Jordan, play like Jordan. Like that's definitely a shirt that they have to make over there. <laughs> What is he playing? Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. Which is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. 
Russ, this is a new segment that Tony just drops us right in the middle of something else we're talking about. This is a new segment where uh, I'm going to give you an update on Chicago's beloved Bears football team. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what I cover. I've got the news here for you. All right. The Bears top three cornerbacks right now are Jalen Johnson, Desmond Trufant and Duke Shelley. Bad. Barbecue chicken cooked. Moving on. (laughs) That's all you wanted it to be, right? I think we've covered Bears news there. Yeah. No, bad. Like after Kyle Fuller, you cut Kyle Fuller. And that's your rock. The guys that you have behind to try to fill that void. Bad. Still time, but that's the current top three. Bad. Do you want to play it again since that went so well? Do you want to play? You want to try again? Let's try again. We're expecting this now. Go ahead, Tony. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. (laughs) Things are going to be okay. It's all perfect. That's uh, Russ. Who's here? If you take out the one great season that he's ever had, Andy Dalton is behind Mitch Trubisky in career passer rating, completion percentage, and touchdown to interception ratio. It's a lot of uh, collaboration that went up there at uh, George Hallis Drive up in Lake Forest, and they collaborated on that. Miss me with that bullshit. Thank you, Ryan Pace. I'm sure Tony will throw another one of those at us uh, later in the show. (laughs) Are we going to talk about, we should talk about how bad the NCAA is and how they tried to float the, the weight room for the women's tournament. Like uh, people wouldn't notice that they had like two dumbbells in a conference room, a conference center and said, that's, that's where you need to be. I like that they, they had no idea that people were going to tweet that out, apparently. Right. <laughs> there were going to be photos shown. I mean, the swag bags, too. There were, did you see that? There were pictures of I, the, the yeah. men's swag bag was like an entire bed set. It took up the entire hotel bed. The women's was, you could have fit it into one of my children's backpacks. There was like a water bottle, some alcohol wipes. <laughs> that, that's you know it. what was the best part? You know what was the best part, Russ, was that the uh, they each got a puzzle because that is something people have been doing during the pandemic. These were kind of pandemic themed a little bit. Um, and the men's puzzle was something like 500 pieces and the women's puzzle was something like 200 pieces. Right. Right. I mean, you could it's, quantify you could quantify the unfairness of it. It's I just I don't know who is the decision maker that says, all right. Men's weight room, state of the art. We need to have squat racks. We need to have dumbbells. We need to have all the, the equipment. And what are we going to have in the women's one? Um, Yeah, like two, three, four, five, six dumbbells. That's good. Like, A couple, wait, like, for all the teams? Ropes. For all the teams? Yes, for all the teams. <laughs> and then they just th- threw like 12 dumbbells in that big old room and said, nah, this is good enough. Like, okay. I don't understand how that works. Like, who's the decision maker that said, yes, that's the move. The men's weight room looked like an actual fitness center that you would want to go to. Mm -hmm. It looked like a gym. The women's looked like they rated a play it against sports and just, this is hey guys, sorry. This is what they had. And not only that, it's, these are high level athletes. Like, you know how disrespectful that is to say, all right, high level athletes that we want to perform to the best of their abilities. Here are two 15 pound dumbbells. Knock yourself out. <laughs> like I'm, if, if they, they told me, they put me in a room with that, that much weight, as much as I like to work out and I love fitness, I'd be upset. You know, it's just, it, it shows the lack of, you know, knowledge, the lack of respect. And you could talk all you want about, 
you know, Title IX, and you could talk all you want about making sure that there's equality in sports for women. If you're the NC, I'm speaking for the NCAA's perspective. Right. Yeah. But if you do these things and you show people time and time again that you don't care, I don't care that in 24 or 48 hours after Twitter had to bully you into getting equipment in there. Now, oh man, we got look at all the equipment we have in here all of a sudden. Like, but why did you have to do that? Why does it take public outcry for you treating female athletes this way? The people that you put up on this pedestal, oh, we love our student athletes. No, you don't. You clearly don't. Because if 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 you loved your athletes, you wouldn't put them in a position where they have to to work out with less than appropriate equipment. You know, that's how you get somebody hurt, you know, and, and that, and I think that should be the important thing. Like we want to keep athletes healthy. We want to keep athletes safe. If somebody goes out there and tears an ACL or blows out an Achilles or whatever, because they didn't have the right equipment to work out with, you would look so terrible. You already look bad, but like you would look even worse. So I don't, I don't want all this. We apologize. It was a mistake. We didn't have the space. Like, no, like, miss me with all that man like you just don't care you could talk all you want about oh well female uh, women's sports don't generate the revenue that stop stop it's not even about that well when they when they did care it took them about 1.5 seconds to correct it by the way right over overnight they fixed it when they decided that they did care right because they it's going to be a, a shit storm from Twitter and Instagram and public outcry. And now it's all right. Now we got to save face and get this thing right. Where I, you, you, I just, I hate the, Oh, n- people are upset. Now let me do the right thing. Right. Like, why should you just do it? Do it right. The first time, like you, you have, you have the money to do it. You're the NCAA, you're an ATM. Like let's, let's forget this whole free education thing. I think we're all smart enough to know that that's not what this thing is. Like that is a major operation and there's money being generated. So it was really sad to see, to be honest, like, and it was nice to see the, the men's players coming out and say, listen, to have that level of respect for the women who are putting their health on the line to compete at a high level that's disrespectful and it's not right. And it has to change uh, not even in the NCAA, but in the NBA, like seeing guys like CJ McCollum talk about that. Like, I think that was great, but it shouldn't take, you shouldn't have to have men talk about it to get it right. Like it's not about what we think as men, because I, you should want to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right. And if you talk about equality being important, if you're the NCAA, you should just act like it. So uh, in a section I like to call reading, because I do read, guys, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Famed writer Sally Jenkins wrote a excellent title piece for the Washington Post called NCAA's Message to Women's Basketball Players, You're Worth Less. Um, And in it, I encourage everybody to go read this because it is very informative about the details of how women's basketball at the at the collegiate level is handled. Um, and I'm not going to read all of it, obviously. Um, but she made some very interesting points that I don't think people know. So in the men's tournament, if you win one game, you get a small payout for your school. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously... The athletic the, department does. Right, the athletic department. Not the players, yeah. Right, the players. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up, Jason. Um, And obviously, if you win the whole thing, you get a lot of money. Uh, The women's, and this is an example, the Final Four, this is a quote from her piece. The women's Final Four is an annual sellout when they were having fans. And ESPN Mm -hmm. paid $500 million for a TV contract bundling the tournament the tournament with 24 championships do you know how much this is for an example uh connecticut stanford or baylor will get for winning in the women's tournament nothing the the ncaa provides no payouts to women at all so the case that women's basketball does not make money is in fact a lie 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and in this case, the point is they just don't care. They don't even factor them in into any revenue sharing whatsoever, even though the women's basketball collegiate section is valuable and making money, but they do not even consider them people at this point. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's like a charity case that but they continue to make money off of. So I mean it it's ridiculous that the uh, uh the women that play college basketball has to deal with this, but it just goes to the larger issue that overall the system hates women. Just in mm-hmm. general. The system hates women. No, Russ, that's, that's, a, that's the thing to me. What he's saying is that Yes, more people watch the men's tournament than the women's tournament, but the women's tournament is not some charity they're having where, right. hey, here, here, women, here's your tournament. That is still a moneymaker. That's still a TV event. And it's especially when you're in this situation, when you're in the pandemic and you're asking these players to come and take risks with their health and perform for everyone's entertainment on the basketball court and be in a pseudo bubble and be apart from their family for possibly a very long time. I mean, while you're making money off of it, the the least you could do is just properly equip them and properly outfit them and with everything. I mean, even the food, even the food, Mm -hmm. there was, you saw pictures online where it's like one thing looked like you went to a five-star restaurant. The other looked like it was something you got at the airport or in a gas station. Right. A frozen, a frozen TV dinner or something like that. No, it for sure. And Tony, thank you for bringing up that piece. Like, that's great. Uh, I was, I was honestly just, when I started, I was just speaking from the human element, but you guys are hundred percent correct. Like I understand the business aspect of women's sports, especially like you think ESPN is airing the final four for, for, for women and they're not paying for that. Stop. Like, and I think sometimes there's just the, the men out there that are just like, oh yeah, well, nobody wants to watch women play basketball. Like that dumb stuff that you block and mute on social media. But I just think there's also an ignorance to, you know, like there, this is a moneymaker. Like the NCAA is not just going to, oh, well, we just feel good about having sports. Yeah, we're going to have sports for free because it's fun and student athletes love the game. Get No, absolutely not. Like this is a business. You know, the, the NCAA makes billions of dollars every year for a reason. And things like the NCAA tournament, that's how they do it. And March Madness. So, no, it's it's sad. And uh, it just goes to show you we just see it all the time in a lot of different aspects of life of the, the lack of actual equality and there's this fake level of, you know, we want to do better when entities like the NCAA show that they don't. And as long as nobody points it out, we're going to act like none of this exists because if nobody pointed that out, we, we, a lot of people would have never known that things like this were going on and that the, the conditions and the quote unquote swag bags that they were getting and the food were less than the men were getting. It's incredible. The same guy has been in charge. Mark Emmert has been in charge mm-hmm. of the NCAA for 11 years now. Teflon more than a Don. decade. And I mean, think about all the bad things that have come out about the NCAA during that time. The, I guess that's the move now is you just, when everything points to and all of the public outcry says you should resign, it just don't. Yeah. Or you could pull a, we had no idea that that one gets you that, that people. That's the, that's a new one. We had no idea. And you say it like that with that level of shock and people. Like, oh, well maybe they didn't have no, no idea, but no, the NCAA, I, I have no clue how he's still, you know, dodging bullets, whether it's after the Larry Nasser stuff and after you know, the way you treat women in the NCAA tournament, like these are big things. And yet, mm, no, nah, he's, he's chilling. Well, I think it they get a lot. How they get away with it is they disperse, right? Like, I couldn't tell you the name of the guy that runs the NCAA. Like, I, I couldn't tell you. Well, like, well they, I just told you what it was. It's Mark it Emmert. But okay. they, they do a great job of blame the NCAA, not the entire system, right? Not the schools that have partnered, like, Baylor Baylor basketball is great right now on the men's side and on the women's side. Mm-hmm. 
How come they they aren't saying anything? You know, like they're all in cahoots with what's going on, and I think that's how nobody gets nobody gets called for their job, right? Nobody gets blamed for it because it's all of their faults, and they all are equal in in the blame of this. Um, and that's why he's going to keep going on because these people are still in power. Yeah, when you're when you're complacent. And that's that's a lot of the big part of the problem where people just say, ah, well, that's just how it is. No, no, that's not just how it is. And we we have to get to a point where we call things out like that. Like, so that's why we need people to call out, you know, the NCAA for having these conditions for the women who are going to play in the NCAA tournament. Like you have to because once you get to the point where that's what that's what that entity wants, they want you to say, Oh, well, that's just how it is. And we kind of just have to, you know, go about our business like nothing's going on. That's how things that's how you don't get changed. So I think it's important to continue to to have these discussions and hold people accountable, hold entities accountable uh, for, you know, less than standard conditions. So, no, it's it was sad. And and I hope we can continue to to get stuff like this out of here, man, because that is just not right. You know who I want to talk to you about right now? And I don't follow the Cubs very closely, but this is one okay. thing that has very much interested me over the last five or six years is Chris Bryant. This mm-hmm. He seems unpopular. Am I reading that right? That Cubs fans seem to not like him for whatever reason? Very underappreciated by Cubs fans. Yes, I'll say that. And then my, my offshoot on that is it also appears that the Cubs have – kind of had a hand in that the Cubs have kind of steered that a little bit I don't know if they've steered it there have been a lot of things whether it's injuries and last year was tough because of the pandemic and he got hurt again but look at that guy's trajectory like when they when they drafted they drafted him to be a superstar right and he was everything that they wanted to be like he went from being College player of the year, Golden Spikes winner. His first full year in the minors, he was minor league player of the year. His first full year in the big leagues, he was rookie of the year. His second full year in the big leagues, he was MVP and won a World Series title. And his third full year in the big leagues, you could say statistically, was better than his MVP year. So he did everything that they wanted him to do. In three years. In three years. Like, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Injuries happen, you know. You have a down year and you look at the body of work. It's still a pretty like any any fan base in the world would say we would love to take on Chris Bryant. But there's always been this perception that he's soft and less than when this is still a when healthy, one of the best players in Major League Baseball. I don't just because he's been hurt. I mean, why 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 do people not like him? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of some of the injuries and and you, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you do what he tried to do last year and play through an injury where he had a, a fractured pinky finger after a dive and he tore ligaments in his wrist, played through it, was terrible. People killed him for it. If he doesn't play through it, it's all Chris is soft, right? He played through it. All Chris is terrible. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where you try and you see this in football all the time. Like you try to play through an injury and you know, if you don't play well, this dude sucks. If you play or if you sit out and try to get healthy, this guy's soft. So it's one of those situations where I don't think he can win for losing. And and to be honest, it's going to be a situation where if Chris Bryant leaves, if he gets traded, I think Cubs fans are going to look back and be like, man, we had a really talented player and we didn't treat him well. They've been wanting him traded. I feel like that's the only thing I've heard about Chris Bryant the last few years is that people want, they've wanted him traded. And you know what confuses me about his story with the Cubs going all the way back to the beginning, Russ, is the way that they played with his service time when he started out. And I understand why teams do that. That mm-hmm. Maybe that's going away because there's becoming more and more negativity associated with that, especially this past year. Uh, there are teams that just don't do it. I think the Yankees just don't do that. 
Um, but I never understood that from the standpoint of you think this guy is that good and going to be that important for that long. And this is how you want to start that partnership. Every team does it, including the Yankees. One, two, I, I, under, I understand what you're saying as far as if this person is going to be as important as you expect him and you drafted him to be, why would you then go and manipulate service time? And it's a fair question. It's a logical question. It's a question. If you talk to any executive, they would say, no, you're right. But teams are within the rules doing it. And that's where the fight comes in. Like there is this loophole in the current collective bargaining agreement where you can say, okay, we don't have to bring this player up necessarily. And we can get an extra year of club control or for everybody out there in layman's terms, you get an extra year on that player's contract before they hit free agency. So instead of bringing them up at 21 years old and having that guy hit the free agent market at 28 years old, you could say, ah, we'd like to keep it for an extra year. So once they play in the minor leagues for a certain amount of time, you can bring them up in the middle of the year and therefore you have them for an additional year. Right. So instead of 27, hitting free agency at 27, you would hit it at 28. Is this but the end of that for him? The, the year he's in right now, they, he's on a, a $19 million contract or something that they mm -hmm. came to to avoid arbitration. Is this the last year or when does he become a full free agent? So at the end of this 2021 season, he will become a free a free agent for the first time. And does he have any future with the Cubs? Do you envision him sticking around at all? I think it's always possible. I think you look at it where this is the only place a guy's been for his entire career. He loves it in Chicago. He loves, regardless of all the other stuff, he loves playing here, playing at Wrigley Field here as in Chicago, not in Arizona. Um, but yeah, I think there's, it's always possible. I think one of the things with Chris and other free agents or other players around the game, when you have that level of status like he does, his agent, Scott Boris, is looked at as, you know, this mega agent and teams don't necessarily like to negotiate with this person. And they always think that, well, not the player's not in control. Scott's in control, right? At the end of the day, the player's the one that's calling the shots. Like a player can say, hey, I don't care. I want to be here. And the agent has to go along with that, whether they think it's the right deal or not. You no, know, they're the client. The client has the say. So I, I think at the end of the day, I think it's up to Chris. Do, do I think it happens? Unlikely. That's just my personal opinion. That's not me with other insight. I, I think. Yeah. Does, is it better for Chris's career if he's not in Chicago? I think it might be. And I think, in the long run, do we see the best of Chris Bryant outside of Chicago? I think there's a good chance that that's the case. Why do you think that he's 28 or 29 right now? Why do you think mm -hmm. that that second act, wherever it might be, would be better than what he's done so far? Change of scenery. I think you can't overlook what a change of scenery does for a guy, especially a guy who's, you know, and, and especially in the later years of his career in Chicago, who's had the injuries he's, you know, had the media fan get Chris out of Chicago thing, which I feel is more nationally driven than locally driven. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's unbiased. That's not just me being in the local media that covers him every day. That's just from what you see and what you hear. That's something that's driven by people that don't necessarily cover, have covered that guy for the last how many ever years. But I, I also think that sometimes you just need that reset. And I think for him, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he went to the Arizona Diamondbacks or goes to Miami Marlins or goes to the Colorado Rockies or wherever and was a superstar talent. Because sometimes you just need to go somewhere else where you don't have the expectation of being this guy. Like, think about it. They won a World Series their first full year together as a group or second full year together as a group. And everybody thought they were going to be this dynasty and it didn't end up being that way. So every year since have been expectation, expectation, expectation. You go somewhere else where you're not necessarily expected to win the World Series. You're not necessarily expected to win MVP. And I do think he can go back to, you know, just being Chris, where he doesn't have to think about those things. You know what this reminds me of? Post-injury Derrick Rose, how they're treating 
Chris Bryant right now. I think that's a very where, good comp, Tony. Where like, I mean, you have this MVP, you have this superstar talent, and he's given all he's got, but for some reason, like with with Derek, the city split, you know, on him mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. you know the people that uh, that understood Derek, that understood where he was coming from, that uh, that knew him on on that level, versus uh, you know Bulls fans, um, and that kind of line was split and i feel like with chris like for some reason there's there's been this split of of fans who just want him out of here for i mean what like he's been you know one of their what top three top two players his entire time like he's the one with the mvp who else has an mvp on i mean javi was close you know came in second but he didn't win it like chris bryant is the mvp and it's just crazy how people always lean management on this stuff like they lied to him they lied to him when he was coming up for for no reason other than the extra year but Mm -hmm. to jason's point if you if he's this star which he has been um obviously before the injuries and and some stuff like that but if he's the star that you projected him out to be the extra year is not going to matter because you're already going to redo his contract before he even sees that extra year. If he's the guy that you want him to be. So why make him mad from the jump saying, Oh, well, you need to work on this. Oh, I magically got better at it 14 days into the regular season or so. Or his defense. He got better on his defense right. in those extra two weeks, Tony. And then these are, right. yeah, these are all things. If you talk to anybody in baseball, whether it's reporter, player, executive, these are all known things. And Tony, you're saying everything that I've asked people, where it's just like at some point, what does it matter? Like if you like this person, isn't there just a point where you just say, you know, we're going to have to pay this person $300 million anyway. Right. And there's been some uncapped team- sport for us. I got it. No, I'm saying, but it's yeah. like, think about Fernando Tostes Jr. The Padres brought him up at 20 years old. And you see when you let a talent like that play at the big league level, what that turns into, it turns into somebody who is now going to be the face of baseball for the next 10 years. And they paid that guy. They said, listen, you're a stud. We're going to give you, all this money right now, does it help us on the back end? Maybe, but no, look, here you go. We want you to be our franchise face. Here's your money. And every team doesn't think that way. And I think because of teams are within the rules, you can get away with it. But I think the whole idea of service time manipulation, it's the dark side of baseball. It's the dark side of the business of baseball. And I think in this upcoming CBA where like I was the, at the end of the season, the collective bargaining agreement in baseball is going to be done and they're going to have to redo it. It's going to be a fight because players like Chris Bryant, players like Jared Kalenic, uh for the Seattle Mariners, who their former CEO of the Mariners, Kevin Mather, talked publicly on record about how that team manipulated the service time. You know, with instead the Cubs, of lying it was, about it. Yeah, it's not right, making up a lie like the Cubs did. Like they, he talked about it <laughs> on a rotary club call, like of all the places, a rotary club call. So, well, um, you know, th- Russ, you talk at rotary clubs. I talk at rotary. No, we all know, Hey, there's no telling what's going to come out of one of our mouths at the local rotary club. The funniest thing, like a week before that story came out, phones I, involved. No, Tony, no, no. <laughs> the funniest thing a week before I did talk at a, a legit rotary club meeting, like not a joke. Oh, I did. Oh, you're serious. I did. I'm dead serious. And it was great. And we didn't talk about service time manipulation. So how that guy (laughs) got there, who knows? But no, I I think it's going to be a fight. And this is definitely going to be a major thing that comes up in this labor negotiation because players are fed up and players feel like if I'm, if I'm good enough to make your 26 man roster, I should be there. Whereas you can't tell me I need to work on something when we, all know I'm one of your best players. I'm one of the best 26 players in the organization. Like you could talk about development. You could talk about me needing to learn things and all this other stuff that teams tell players. And at the end of the day, if I'm good enough to make this team, I should be on the team.
Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call... This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Again with this? <laughs> I think this is my best work production-wise. Yeah. Russ really had a bunch of momentum there, and you felt like now's a good time for this? I think uh, I'm going to get tired of this really fast. With all the sad speak, Bears news. Speaking of underappreciation, mm -hmm. the Bears will report to camp in late July with Allen Robinson and Akeem Hicks, arguably their best player on either side of the ball, angry with them. Here's, here's my thing with the Bears and their management. I think far too long in the organization, you have George McCaskey and you have Ted Phillips who know nothing about football. Let's put that out there right now. And you bring Ryan Pace in to be your head of football operations and your general manager. And you've given this dude almost a decade to get it wrong. And after that almost decade of getting it wrong, you get on a Zoom call with the media for 45 minutes and say the word collaboration 17 times. And because you collaborated with Ryan, you said, you know what? You can stay. And I don't care what they say. They gave that dude a contract extension, and that's why they won't talk about it. This has been another Bears update. And <laughs> once again, everything's fine. Back to Chris Bryant, Russ, when you were going through a lot of different things uh, in his career, I know mm -hmm. you have been around him quite a bit, as much as you could be, I guess, the last year mm -hmm. and a half, uh, Zoom calls, and now maybe some more in-person conversations. What's your read on him in terms of where he's at as, as a player, as a person right now, coming to what could be the end of his Cubs career, coming up on age 30. What, what's your read on Chris Bryant overall? Yeah, talked to him in group setting last week and going to talk to him actually one-on-one -on -one later this week, uh, either the day this comes out or the day after or the weekend. Um, You'll be able to read that in the Chicago Sun-Times. Yeah, you can, where we both work. Um, I think... Chris is at a point in life where he's married now. He has a kid now and he's kind of been through the whole thing. Like he's been through the ups and downs of being a major league baseball player. And I think he's getting to the point in his life where he, he wants to just be who he is. And it's no more. I have to be perfect for everybody. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like he just, and he talks, says it all the time. He just wants to be Chris and have fun. And I think sometimes you hear that from a player and you're just like, all right, whatever. That's, you know, player speak. But I do think with him, I think that is who he is. Like, I, I think he's a carefree guy. And because he's this carefree guy, I do think sometimes people take that as weakness when he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't show as much emotion as other players do. And, and that's his prerogative. But I don't necessarily think that I think he's at a point in his life where it's not about taking care of everybody else because you know I, he had to be the number one draft pick and the MVP and the people everybody looked to and Chris Bryant, the all-star. And now he just kind of wants to be Chris Bryant, the baseball player, where there's not all this other stuff. It's just go out there, come to the ballpark, play the game, go home. Like it's it's not all the extra stuff I don't. I feel like that's not important to him. And I, if you asked him straight up, I would promise he would tell you, I'm not an extra stuff guy. I'm just Chris. Russ, we got, we had so many topics today that we didn't even get to. I have all these interesting things that we could have talked about. Have you ever heard of the slap fighting championships, the war in Warsaw? <laughs> This is no. amazing stuff. Tony, so you knows like, what you're talking about? Okay. Yes, uh, I've we been telling to... people about the this the slapping competitions for like a year, and nobody believes. This has been going on for a year. I've been following them on Instagram um, ever since I seen a clip passing by on a random clip on Twitter, and I'm like, this should be a sport. I would invest in this sport now because it's wait. So it, I I seen the video. So it's just the one where people just slap the shit out of each other and hope not to fall down. Yeah, that's what a slap yeah, fight is. That's what it is. Yeah. 
No, but I, I didn't know there was an actual like yeah, international league. competition. The, uh, the guy that uh, the star from the U.S. is a guy named uh, Doc Crazy Hawaiian. Uh, I had, uh, <laughs> you know, Taysom Hill from the Saints. He, he signed yes. an endorsement deal for potatoes. Okay. Uh, Regal Cinemas, the movie theaters is opening next month, reopening. And you are advised not to drink heavily during your COVID vaccination period. So those are all the things we didn't get to. Think how good the show could have been. But we're not going to hit any of those today. We could think about those for next week. Those Some of those, some of those could be good. Um, we're really glad that we had you guys with us. It was a fun show for us to do. Hopefully it was a fun show for you to listen to. Thank you for being here for that. Thank you to obvious shirts for sponsoring it. Don't forget if you do order something there, which you should, they have really cool shirts to use the promo code adjacent 10, uh, make sure what else Russ, make sure that they, they find us on iTunes iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast or listen to your podcast, hit us up there. Go to uh, on iTunes. When you go find the podcast, give it five stars, subscribe, give a, leave a nice comment. We actually got out. To, oh my gosh. No, we got to talk about this before we end the pod. So I was late one night. We're doing the wrap through. up cadence there. Nope. You're, you're going to nope. reopen can, it. Okay. Yo, got we got, it was, it's okay. So right, I, I want to hear what, the, what, what is this? What happened? Did so I was going rating? I was going, yeah, I was going through one night and I was looking to see how many people like were, no, because people have been really liking and sharing the podcast and I go down to our rating, a lot of five stars, but somebody gave us a one star review and it was kind of one of those things where I should know not to like, let that bother me, but I'm, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. It kind of bothered me. Bet it was Hogan Johns. <laughs> it it was. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to sports adjacent with jason leisure and russell dorsey be sure to download subscribe and give the podcast five stars you can check out the latest episode of sports adjacent on all digital streaming platforms i'm very much adjacent for a couple hours i thought i was hood but then all that happened i was like you know what james you adjacent to the mother you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.